You're listening to Once, episode 256, season six, hopes, predictions, and spoilers. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Hunter Hathaway. I'm Jacqueline. And we have a very special guest with us. Not only will you maybe hear here and there Hunter's baby L, but we also have a grown-up special guest with <laughs> us for this episode. <laughs> and that is Heather Ordover from the Craft Lit podcast over at craftlit.com. Heather is uh, an expert with literature and she knows quite a bit about Jekyll and Hyde too. So we'll get into that conversation a bit in a little bit. But Heather, it's great to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's really nice to get a chance to talk to you in Faceness and uh, and to meet Hunter and Jacqueline. It's great. So we're recording this just before season six returns. So if you're listening to this after the season premiere, then you might be laughing at everything that we're saying. But we do want to get together some of our final hopes, predictions, our expectations. You'll hear some spoilers a bit later on, but the majority of this conversation will be spoiler free as much as possible uh, as we have different exposures to different spoilers. But I want to start it out just to remind you in case uh, you're a little bit like us and you haven't watched Once Upon a Time in maybe several months, even though we've been talking about it. Here's where we are today. And Hunter, Jacqueline, Heather, you're welcome to fill in any of the extra necessary details here. Bell is in a box. Hyde has brought, quote, everyone, unquote, to Storybrooke with him or plans to bring everyone with him. And it's going to be their new home. Rumple did some kind of deal to sell Storybrooke or exchange it with Hyde that now Hyde seems to claim that he owns Storybrooke. Uh, Regina's evil queen side is running around. And nearly everyone unimportant is gone and back in Enchanted Forest. Does that sum it up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the only one thing that we just want to toss in there is that Hyde came from a place called the Land of Untold Stories, which is this very sci-fi steampunk universe that is uh, without Disney influence is how I think of it. And it's more classic literature. That's the only thing I would add. And I think that's important, too. Ah, and we'll get into that in a little bit, too. And I think we could see some really cool things coming for this season. Now, if you want already, you can sign up for the season pass for the sixth season in iTunes. So if you go to oncepodcast.com slash season six, that'll take you to our iTunes affiliate link. That's where you can purchase the season ahead of time and the episodes will download automatically to your computer, to your mobile device, through iTunes. And it's a great way of getting the episodes. It's how we buy the episodes so we can rewatch them afterward. And we're able to do that thanks to your great support of the podcast. But let's get into this first with our hopes for season six. Hunter, how about you start us off? What do you hope we'll see in season six? Well, it's not really what we'll see. It's more of a feel. I want to go back to the first season. Ooh, like in, in what way? Meeting all different characters. I'm, I know we're not going to have the same story arc, like where it's 11 episodes of one story arc and 11 episodes of another. I just loved how the season one, we kept meeting all new characters and it was like a completely different story with like one big overlay story for the whole thing. 
But I loved meeting all the new characters every week. That's very similar to one of my hopes is that with this new schedule, that's it's going back to the season one kind of schedule where, and Jacqueline, you could just, Jacqueline, clarify it. What's the plan for the schedule in this season? Well, the only thing we know so far is that we're going to have three episodes right in a row. That's the only thing that's definitive. But uh, Matthew Paul over at the forums has come up with a really great theoretical schedule. And it looks like we'll probably have eight episodes in a row and then take a winter break. And then from then on, it's a series of anywhere from two to four episodes with little breaks in between. So it'll be a little bit confusing for the schedule. Definitely watch our tweets at one's podcast uh, to know when it's on. That makes it a little more difficult for us. But tying in with what Hunter said, what this gives me a hope for is that we'll kind of go back to that season one storytelling aspect where there's a larger story arc that we'll see a more unified kind of gripping story similar to what we had in season one. I think every season will have its filler episodes here and there. But the nice thing with season one is that it left you hanging. That was really nice about it. Like when they had the mid-season hiatus, it left you wondering what's going to happen next. It's not like they wrapped up an entire story and you're like, oh, that was nice. I might remember to watch it when it comes back it's i have to watch it when it comes back that's what i want them to do that's how, how i hope i remember be. season one i must have watched each episode like four or five times before the next episode came out and to tell you the truth that hasn't happened in the past couple seasons like i've watched every episode i sometimes have rewatched it before the next season has come out but i, I don't watch it as many times as i used to i have no idea how many times i watched the heart is a lonely hunter Mm-hmm. But it's I lost I lost track. I, <laughs> and not only that, but I found out I know from from when I was in university, I know the guy who trained the wolf. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. oh that's she, cool. And she she died just she died a couple of years ago because mm-hmm. she was quite old. But but yeah, she's she's in lots of movies and TV shows and stuff, and she's very very well trained. Obviously, wow, that's yes, cool. yeah. Heather, what's a hope you have for this next season? I was really happy to hear Hunter say that about season one because that was the most solid. And part of the reason it was the most solid was because it felt like what you were saying with the overlying arc, you can bring as many characters as you want into that world as long as they fit within that paradigm. And I felt like the first season was really cohesive and then everything kind of stumbled when they did the Peter Pan season. And it felt like it was heading back. Um, Even my son said, you know, the Elsa thing, mm, I didn't know about the Frozen, but he loves Alina. He loved that whole subplot, but it felt a little frantic during this season. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it kind of cohere into a a tighter story for the whole season. And there's good reason to think that it will. Mine goes along with, um, one of mine at least, goes along with what everyone else has said, which is something that I call less plot, more character. Mm. So... One of the things that really troubles me in the last couple seasons where we've had these these two storylines is that every episode is somehow plot driven. You have to go search for the magic mushroom or some other magical heretofore unmentioned object. And we lose in the process these great character moments from characters that really sold the show to me back in season one. So these scenes of characters talking, of having these great conversations, of getting in touch with their feelings and their surroundings and, and everything that's going on, they end up on the cutting room floor 
And then we talk about them on the DVD podcast that we do. I would really like it if those moments came back in and the plot just mellowed out. You know, initially I think, well, I like the plot, but in realistic fairness here and in telling a story, you really can't move a plot along without good character development along the way. And the character development is a lot of the plot in when we're talking about fairy tale characters. Here's a hope that Aaron, who couldn't join us for this podcast, did share. And and I share the same hope. Now, please hear me out when I say this, because this always has to come with a caveat when I say this. But the Aaron's hope is this being the last season and it being a solid, cohesive season that closes all the doors we have ho- open. That's a hope. That's one of my <laughs> hopes, too. I want this to be the last season, not because I dislike the show. Not because I dislike podcasting about it. One selfish reason I do want the season to end is so that I'll have the time back from the time I spend in the podcast. Uh, but I'm committed to see the show through to the end. So if it's nine seasons, I'll be doing nine seasons with the podcast. But I would like it to end. On The most important thing to me is when it does end, I want it to end well. I want it to end planned. Yes. I don't want it to just end and be questions. And you don't want it to go like lost. Well, you're not alone in that hope at all, Daniel. (laughs) Um, I think all of us have that written down in our notes is this is the end last season. Let's end on a high note. Emma's journey's coming to an end. Let's but we actually said that last it. season too, Jacqueline. We, we did. We said it a lot in season five. But I don't know. If, if there's one more step that I guess they all have to take, it's dealing with their evil selves and not like some sort of external evil, um, which, you know, Regina's going to be doing next season, I guess. So that's, to me, the final story. And then we can live happily ever after. Although with the story arc they're going into with the land of untold stories and Jekyll and Hyde and Regina facing evil queen, to me, that doesn't really set things up for an end game in my mind. Now, that's I don't know what the writers have planned. I'm not writing this show myself. Maybe this is something that they have in mind, how they can bring this to an end game for the show. I just don't see it right now. And, And I would be fine with, I would love it if they surprised me with a great way to wrap things up. I do have one other hope, and it's that we get big answers to big questions. There are still so many loose threads and and unanswered questions from all the seasons. I would really like some nice, solid answers to these. So that way, 10 years from now, if we have like a reunion podcast where we all rehash once upon a time, I'm not still asking the same questions. Well, I agree that there are certainly unanswered questions from every season. I think every episode leaves certain questions unanswered. What do you see as those big questions that still have yet to be answered? A lot of it has to do with their world building and how I don't think they've successfully fleshed out their universe. For me, something that constantly bothers me, and I'm constantly bringing this up, is I don't understand how you can have a story like Snow White that is centuries old exist in our world with some of the hallmarks that we know of the story. So the poisoned apple or the evil queen or just even her name, Snow White something that we all know for a really long time, but according to the Once Upon a Time universe, Snow White is maybe only 60 years old when you take into the account the curse. So, like, how did that happen? 
how it's does how TV do any show. of those stories? No, 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 no. <laughs> I I don't accept that answer. <laughs> I will never accept that answer. I will never accept Adam just saying magic. No, I don't accept that. You know, one way I could see them doing this, this would be one of those crazy things, but I could see them doing this, is where these alternate realities, other universes, fairy tale lands and such, are rotating. So every story repeats after so many generations or something like that. Now, it repeats with different people. So it's not like Groundhog Day where it's the same people reliving the same thing over and over. But like there's a new Snow White or something. It's crazy theory. I hope they don't actually do that, but that could be a way to explain it. You know what would be great is if they sat down and actually watched their movies. Like if Snow White sat down and actually watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Like I kind of want to see that. You mean watch the animated one where she says, yeah, Dopey does not look a thing like that. Right. <laughs> that could be fun because uh, Neil did joke with Mulan saying, oh, it was a good movie. But right. Mulan hasn't seen her own movie. <laughs> What's a movie? <laughs> yeah. So what are your predictions or some of your theories for this upcoming season? And, and I know Hunter and Jacqueline know lots of spoilers, so they can't theorize everything so they may have to theorize farther in advance but i'll give them that little uh disclaimer up front but what are some of your thoughts and theories of what could be coming well that's really hard because we know a lot (laughs) we do but at the same time this is the first year where i feel like i don't know the story like i know things i definitely know things but I don't feel like I actually know the story of the season. And by this point in season, you know, four or five, I had a really strong hold on what was happening. Check the spoilers because she has a really good theory <laughs> that we yeah. talk about, but we can't bring it up because it brings up characters you don't know about. Now, tell me this very non-spoiler <laughs> question. <laughs> okay. How far in advance do you know plot lines for right now? How many episodes? They are currently shooting episode seven. It should wrap up here pretty quickly. But yeah, then they'll move on to eight. And they're, which, No, they're already working on eight. Mm, well, mm, no, the sport. Mm, well, no, <laughs> I don't know. Um, th- there are some things that I think they're still shooting on seven, actually. But So somewhere around seven, eight is yeah. up to what some of what you know now. Yeah, which should be getting pretty close to mid-season finale. Yeah. Or mid-season break, because they're not really having a finale this mid-season. Yeah, there's there's air quotes around the word finale. But one of my predictions is that Rumpelstiltskin is going to die, which I've been predicting every season since about season four. But that this time I think he'll die a hero again, like he did at the end of season 3A, and that he will sacrifice his life and his magic for Belle and Baby Gold. Hmm. I could see that happening. He'll realize that that is the only way for him to be a good man for Belle and for his second child is to just give up everything. I don't like how much back and forth there's been with him. <laughs> Word. Uh, but I, I would be happy, yes, if he died a hero. Yeah, it's a, nice, it's a nice shot at redemption that Belle's pregnant and he has, you can see a window of an opportunity for him because I, he's such a great actor. That it, yeah. With what you said about him getting pulled back and forth, it's a a lesser actor would have cracked under the strain, I think. He's done an incredible job. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, and we've named the baby Baby Mo. 
Uh, <laughs> Excellent. I, d- I doubt Rumpel would want to go along with that. <laughs> I well, know. This is just us talking. Okay. So, like, we have baby pistachio. So now we have baby Mo. For a little while, I was naming our yet unborn uh, baby baby pistachio, but it just wasn't sticking really well. But uh, noodle baby is sticking pretty well for our baby. Oh, not parasite. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he was before he was born was the parasite. Yep. Accurate description. Noodle baby sounds amazing. I like (laughs) like noodle baby. Noodle baby's good. One of the things that I'm predicting for this upcoming season is that we'll see a lot more sci-fi characters in this. Some of the classic sci-fi, because already we've seen Frankenstein. He's been in there since season one. But it was in season two, it was hinted that Dr. Whale wasn't in Henry's storybook and that there could be other stories somewhere else. Now we're finally seeing that, that there are plenty of other storybooks And we saw one of the pictures from those books was Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and the the Nautilus there. And that's another one of those sci-fi kind of steampunk storylines. We're getting Jekyll and Hyde. That's another one of those uh, similar things. I expect that we'll see more of Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, It'd be great to have Dr. Whale in this more often. I know that David Anders is busy with another show, but still, he's, he's a great character that's been in Once Upon a Time since season one. I think some of the other classic literature, kind of steampunk characters, and and Heather, what what other characters do you think they could pull in? I think it's interesting because there's a lot of Victorian literature. There's a reason why you're sensing the steampunky thing happening, I think. There was a lot of really, really interesting duality discussions going on, and Jekyll and Hyde's probably the most obvious version where you have a guy who literally tried to, with science, get rid of the bad side of him, or the uh, air quotes, the bad side of himself, hmm. and, and just leave the good. And of course, it went horribly, horribly wrong, because we learn that you can't do that. You have to learn how to blend them. You have to learn how to make yourself a whole person and be the best person you can be. And, and if you try and just ignore one side, you're going to get in trouble. That shows up over and over again in literature. Captain Nemo's interesting because he's not a pleasant character. The Count of Monte Cristo is the book we're doing right now. And everything that happens for the first 200 pages of the book to this main character is so appalling and upsetting. But having him take the next 600 pages to get his revenge, by the time you're about halfway through it, you start to go, I don't know if I feel so good about this anymore. Maybe we should let somebody off the hook a little bit. And and you're supposed to go there. And that's what's really a lot of fun about this this whole part of literature. The, starting with Frankenstein. Victor Frankenstein is a jerk. Hmm. The creature is awesome. In fact, we when we did Frankenstein on Craftlet, I finally came... I, I think it's in the episode where it's titled, Put the Kendall Beck. Because young Frankenstein has the, that scene at the end where the creature gives that beautiful speech about what his creator did to sacrifice for him. That's closer to the book than any Frankenstein movie you've ever seen. That's the real creature. He's this beautiful, poetic guy. But he looks horrible. When people talk about Hyde with Jekyll and Hyde, they can't put their, none of them can put their finger on why he looks so disturbing, why he looks so evil, so wrong. There's just something off about him. And I think women, if you have ever been out 
at a bar with friends. You have probably <laughs> had some guy at the bar and you go, I don't want to get close to that one. <laughs> you need to trust those instincts. <laughs> the Victorians would tell you that. And a lot of the um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen people, oh, yeah. those characters, uh, Mina from Dracula is a, a kicking heroine. Really kind of shocking for the time. Dracula's an awesome bad guy. And then Oscar Wilde did The Canterville Ghost, which is another story about of redemption. And the ghost in that story is scary and seems dangerous. But instead of hurting people, he's playing practical jokes on them the whole time. But it all comes down to the fact that he lost the, someone to, because of his own mistakes. And he wants redemption. I, I think it's really, really good that you're starting to see the steampunky characters come in, the Victorian characters pump come in, and especially, especially Jekyll and Hyde. It's a good harbinger, I think, for a lot of potential character development. Because Regina, I mean, Regina is the perfect dual character. Yeah. And she has been since the very first season because you didn't know for so, until the heart is the lonely hunter, you didn't know really if she was the evil queen. And boy, that moment when you go, oh, oh, is such a powerful moment. And they've, there's, I hope, I hope they are setting themselves up for utilizing this vast wealth of really, really cool characters. And I like what you said about that it, it all comes back to that you can't or shouldn't separate that bad. You have to learn to live with it or deal with it or overcome it, not just mm -hmm. rip it out. And that's something that uh, still I, I think I and several others have and take issue with how they've put that for Regina is that she can just rip out evil queen. And that supposedly now makes her all okay again. And I, yeah, I, I would like it. to see them uh, make her really have to deal with that and realize that she's not a whole person. It's like uh, back in season four, uh, when she ripped her heart out, uh, because of the pain of being separated from Henry and how then she was an incomplete person from that. I think she'll face that same kind of conflict now to realize, yeah, the the bad quotation marks around that is ripped out. But now there's definitely something missing. She's not a whole person. She's not as strong. And hasn't she always hated that kind of cloying side of Snow White that the air quotes goody two shoes side where they've done such a good job of building Snow White as a complete person who she can make mistakes and she can be kind of cruel or not cruel, harsh. And she can be flawed. And it's much easier for us to watch that in Snow White, I think, than for us to understand or have compassion for or deal with our own version of what Regina's going through. If it's dealt with well and there's no reason to think that they're not going to, I think it could be some really, really compelling television. Now that ties in with my pet theory for this season is with Jekyll and Hyde that the way we think it is, mm -hmm. is that Dr. Jekyll rips out the bad and that's what creates Mr. Hyde. But my theory is that it's the other way around, that Mr. Hyde is the, we'll call him the real person. And that he wanted to rip out, maybe he wanted to rip out the good in him. He's this villain that wanted to do villainry all his life and horrible things and evil stuff. But he had this good side, this conscience that kept darn getting in the way of what he wanted to do. And so he decides to rip that out. 
and that makes Dr. Jekyll. Uh, or the other aspect of that is that still Mr. Hyde is the original and he has this desire to do good, but he finds himself continuously doing bad. And so what mm. he does is he tries an experiment to bring out the good in him. But what it ends up doing is bringing out the good from him, not mm-hmm. in him, and thus separating himself his bad side from his good side accidentally. But my main core pet theory here is that Mr. Hyde is the original, not Dr. Jekyll. I love that last version of your theory that you, that you came up with because I've been tormented by what's happened to Regina all the way along that every time for the longest time, every time she tried to do the right thing, every time she tried to do something good, either the rest of the town shut her down because, well, you're the evil queen, you couldn't possibly be doing something right. Or something bad happened, like Zelina and Robin Hood, which was just heartbreaking. And so for for you to, to put another parallel of that same kind of frustration level for a character, I think would be very, very interesting. Because God knows we all have moments, right, where there's something that you're trying to do. You're trying to do the right thing. You want it to work out well for everybody. And something goes wrong. And now you have to deal with the fallout from that. And those are, those are hard moments. I think they're hard moments in real life, but they're also really, they have been hard to watch, especially with, especially with Regina. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline, what are some of your theories or predictions for this season? Another one I have is one that I've kind of said a lot over the course of really about five years now, that by series end, and if this is the final season, then by series end, some sort of connection will be na- be made between Storybrooke and the Enchanted Forest through Emma's savior magic, true love magic that allows them to travel between the Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke without any kind of curse or bean or other magical object. Um, you know, floating Emma kind of, right, floating door that just randomly appears, you know, these things. Um, that Emma in her capacity as savior has the ability to join together this kind of otherworldly divine mystical realm and then this human mundane one over here and that you know people can go back to the enchanted forest and live there if they want or they can come to storybrook and they can just kind of keep traveling back and forth and i think it allows the show then to have the best of both worlds because we have things about Storybrooke that we really love, but we also have things about the Enchanted Forest that we really love. And I, I don't want to see our characters have to sacrifice one of those places for their happily ever after. That's a lovely idea. I mean, that's because then we all get the happy ending we want with them. Yeah. We get to choose where our happy ending is going to, to exist. I like That's beautiful. Thank Why aren't you writing the show? <laughs> we've, we've been asking that question for about three years. Um, hire the nerd. Yeah. Yeah, we joke a lot about hashtag hire the nerd. Hire Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to be the consulting person in the writer's room. Right. I know. Yeah. I vote yes. Thanks. Now, as long as we're voting yes on things, you know what gives you a great opportunity to vote yes for this podcast? That is <sighs> If you support this podcast with your kind donations, as several other heroes have, and I want to thank these wonderful heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. Lisa Slack, David Newland, Amy Cattelier, DJ Firewolf, Jimba K88, Jill Sherrod, Greg Shope, Aaron Nunnally, 
Marianne Lavati, and our 28 heroes on Patreon. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. Each dollar that you can give to the podcast is a vote for yes, a vote that you believe in the future of this podcast. You enjoy the podcast. Maybe you don't enjoy the show, but you enjoy the podcast that we podcast. Uh, that you enjoy this and you enjoy the bloopers and you enjoy the mess ups like I just had. And speaking of bloopers, that's one of the things that you get access to when you support us through Patreon and become a hero there is we do post our bloopers from episodes. I've got some bloopers that I need to get posted over there soon, but it's a really fun way. If you love laughing at our mistakes, which who doesn't, then it's a great way that you can get access to that and support the podcast too. So thank you for voting yes for the podcast. And hey, by the way, when we're talking about voting, please go vote in the elections this year. Whichever side you're voting for, what's really most important is that you fulfill your civic duty as an American citizen, that is, if you are an American citizen, and vote for, uh, I mean, Canadians, don't worry about voting in our election, it's okay. But uh, if you are in America, then please vote in the elections. And Vote yes for our podcast by supporting us. Become a hero over at oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. We couldn't do this without you. That's at oncepodcast.com slash hero. It's what Snow White would do. (laughs) (laughs) Another theory that I've had for a really long time is that the series will end with Emma giving birth to a baby girl because the series really begins with Snow White giving birth to a baby girl and and you know snow has to send her away and then we see later that emma has to give up her child so i think it's kind of a nice circular story that emma gives birth to a baby girl because the show likes to say that they're all about strong female characters so emma gives birth to a baby girl and this baby we get to keep there's no magical (laughs) wardrobe there's there's no you know sending it out into the land because you're in jail so a baby we get to keep But another baby-holding sword fight would be really cool. I mean, absolutely. Emma has to give birth, and then I want her to get up and sword fight because, (laughs) yes. Okay, sure. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, um... (laughs) Or not. But, you know, that does remind me of the end of Lost, and I won't spoil it, don't worry, but how the very last scene of Lost is just like the very first scene of Lost. And Kitsis and Horowitz are from Lost. They've written for Lost. And they have hinted before that they know how they want the series to end, just like when they were writing for Lost, they knew how they wanted the entire Lost series to end. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to do some really weird ending for the end of Once Upon a Time. It means they do know how they want the show to end. Now, whether that's the same as the beginning or completely different, I don't know. But they've they've made several parallels to previous seasons before, and I think that would be totally appropriate for the final episode of the last season. What happens if the final scene is them closing yet another storybook? That would also be cool. Author, them all kind of sitting around reading a reading Henry's book, really, and reminiscing. And of course, you know, oh, that's like charmed. No, 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 not like charmed. (laughs) Well, the the final lines in the show and i'm gonna stick with this until we actually see the final episode ever is someone closing the book and going and they all lived happily ever after and then we'll get we'll get like the really classic 1960s 70s disney thing where you see a real book laying on top of like a blue velvet cloth and like a book closes and it says once upon a time on it 
That's how it's going to end, guys. Who's, whose voice is going to be saying, and they all lived happily ever after? Henry. Because it's, yeah? it's, it's his book, and I think so much of the show started you know, with, with Emma, but it also it really starts with Henry coming to get her, calling her off on this adventure. So, so much of it is about Henry getting his family back together. And, you know, if the last scene is all of them sitting around listening to him tell a story, because he is the author, then... Well, that's what I was wondering, is are they going to get meta about it and have a, a, a meta author outside so that the very last scene is it's like, it's Ron Howard who's been narrating the whole time and you didn't know. <laughs> right. No, it'll actually end with... Um, us seeing the writer's room and Adam and Eddie are sitting around a table and they go and they all lived happily ever after and they shut their um, MacBooks or something. <laughs> no, it has to be Henry and old man makeup. <laughs> well, I mean, by ne- then Blue it probably Velvet. won't even need it, but because he's getting too freaking old in this. And then after the credits, some really cool black guy with an eye patch comes and tries to recruit Jacqueline to join them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Sure. I mean, I hear they pay well out in Hollywood, so sure. Depends on the job. True. My brother <laughs> worked at the at the movie theater, and they didn't pay that well. I worked on Aladdin, and they didn't pay that well. Oh. Jacqueline, did you say you had another theory, too? Oh, this one's kind of a joke, but I thought it would be humorous, and speaking of meta, if uh, Henry took over as the CEO of Disney. I love that. You know, that sounds ridiculous at first, but then realize (laughs) they have referenced Walt Disney as one of the authors. So it doesn't seem all that ridiculous to say that could be it. Mm -hmm. Last thing I want to talk about is some behind the scenes of what's coming with this upcoming season, because Heather with Craftlit Podcast has talked about a lot of literature and definitely go check out craftlit.com. But Heather, what more insight? You've already brought a lot of insight here with Jekyll and Hyde, some things I didn't know because I haven't actually watched any of the official Jekyll and Hyde official movies. Um, Yeah, like there's an official movie, but I haven't read the book. You have. What more insight can you give us into Jekyll and Hyde and and that universe that they've created? Um, I think... The first time I read it, I was kind of surprised. Robert Louis Stevenson, who wrote the book, also did Treasure Island. And you kind of get that thing in your head, like, er, matey. And that's just as far as it's going to go. And the interesting thing about Treasure Island, and there's a reason why I'm going there, is that by the end of the book, which I was also not expecting, Long John Silver has been the bad guy, sort of. But he was also at the beginning of the book for the first third. He was the only guy who was helping poor little Jim Hawkins. The middle of the book, you start to go, wow, this guy is, he has um, squishy morals that he can, you know, like a movable feast. He can make them go wherever he wants to. And then the very, very end, it's like the last 10 pages. There's this moment of you get to decide if it was redemption or not, but he's not a straight up villain at all. Jekyll and Hyde have an interesting correlation to that in that even after the split, you can start to see that Jekyll isn't 100% good and Hyde isn't 100% evil. But what Hyde has going for him that is dangerous is an affinity for chaos. So when he decides he's going to kill someone, and he does in the book, it's random and it's really, really violent. There, There are podcast episodes where I've had to say, uh, in Jekyll and Hyde, in Dracula, even in the Count of Monte Cristo, we've had a couple. 
where I've had to say at the beginning, if you listen with kids, this is one that you probably want to preview before you let them listen because there's some disturbing stuff that happens in Jekyll and Hyde. And the commentary that happens around it, because there's a frame story. In a lot of these books, you have a, a frame story that allows the author to tell you stuff directly that otherwise they'd have no knowledge of. Uh, even an omniscient narrator wouldn't necessarily have that point of view because he's, he's been, the, the story is told by lawyers and doctors or lawyers and scientists who are either writing letters back and forth to each other or telling a story to the other guy. And so you have some, some interesting moral conversations about like, well, I'm, I'm telling you a story that has to do with that door that we're walking by, but I'm not going to tell you the name of the person who is associated with that door just in case you know him, because it's not my secret to tell. Hmm. And so you have this, there's a, a certain amount of honor among thieves kind of thing going on with a lot of these books, and, and Hyde, is, Hyde can be in that category on occasion. But he is chaotic and he is dangerous, and there's always that risk that once something like that starts to take hold, and I think we've seen it with Regina over and over again, that once that, whether it's anger or fear, whatever it is that propels you into the dark side, uh, once it gets its hooks in you, <laughs> that's uh, a really, really hard thing to walk away from because you probably don't feel that powerful at any other time. That's that kind of surge of adrenaline that you get. And Hyde is like, he's not 100% id, but he's a lot. Mm. And Jekyll is a lot of superego, and he's not a, a perfect 100% either. And so I, th I think that they've done such a good job of letting us go on a, a really interesting ride with Regina and seeing them pull this particular story up, uh, especially because of the frame stories and all of the, the implications that are sitting there waiting for you to, to uh, grab hold of. I think there's some really, really great potential for, for fun stuff. And the other thing about Jekyll and Hyde is it's not very long at all. I think I did... I think I did all of Jekyll and Hyde in three or four episodes. And I give people annotated like audio notes, like Cliff's notes, but through a podcast. And then I'll play the chapter. And so I, I have the chapter audio in my episodes. And I think I had two or three chapters in each one of those, those episodes. So it's on LibriVox if you want to just hear the book. And they have a, a fine recording. Or at Craftlet if you, I think it's craftlet.com slash Jekyll actually gets you the whole the whole shebang, okay. but it's a good, it's a good book hmm. and it, not very long. And we'll have some links to uh, the book as well as Heather's episodes on this in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 256. Uh, so you can check those out. And I definitely do recommend you check them out. Like even if you want to get the ebook, well, Hey, if you've got Kindle, yeah. Uh, the lending library thing with Amazon Prime, you can get the ebook for free, it looks like, and read oh, yeah. that. And it says, wow, the ebook version on Amazon is only 46 pages. Oh, I could read that. It's going to be really interesting to see how they can bring that in to Once Upon a Time mm -hmm. and whether this will be the season villain or mm -hmm. if this is a step along the way since they're not going to be doing this half season story arc kind of approach i don't know where they could go yeah i'm not sure if they can pull hide along for a whole season or or for half a season but he certainly could be used as a setup to the next thing 
which, you know, there's that moment in volleyball where you have somebody sets it and then the next person comes along and spikes it. I could see Hyde doing that because that would be perfect, right? It's this guy who wants to be powerful, who wants to, to be the big bad guy. And if he's the one who just can't quite pull it off, which is kind of how the, the book also part of it ends, it would be kind of poetic justice. So we've got a lot of cool things to hope for, a lot of expectations, some theories. Uh, you'll hear some spoilers in a moment from Hunter and Jacqueline after the music is over. Uh, so you'll know what's coming in Once Upon a Time. But do remember that Once Upon a Time does return. At the time of this recording, it's returning this Sunday. That's September 25th, back at its normal time slot of 8, 7 Central. And we'll be back at our normal time slots for the podcast as well. You can join us during the live Eastern and Central Time airings for our live chat during the show. And then stick around for our live Initial Reactions podcast afterward. Aaron will be joining me for most of those. And then on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll be doing our live full discussions and we'll be digging in more detail for each of these, including your feedback. So please keep our feedback information handy. I'll give it to you again. It's on the website as well and in the show notes for this episode. But here it is. Email feedback at oncepodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail any time of the day. It could be midnight. It could be early in the morning, whenever. 903 231 2221. You can also record a voice message and send it to us straight through the website at oncepodcast.com. All of that contact is in, information is in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 256. While you're there at oncepodcast.com slash 256, please share this episode. And hey, also check out Heather's podcast, craftlit.com. All kinds of great stuff great content over there. And it is a family-friendly podcast too. So check that out. And Heather does a great job with the podcast over there. I've got that link to her show and how you can connect with her on Twitter as well. But as we go out, please remember, Once Upon a Time is coming back. We have all kinds of theories and ideas that could float around. Share those theories with us. Participate in the discussions on the forums. Share the podcast with your friends and family. Let's hope that regardless of whether this is the last season of Once Upon a Time, let's be great fans, support Kitsis and Horowitz, thank them for the stories that they're telling, and remember to watch the show each time it airs. If you can, if you can't, make sure you sign up for the iTunes season pass or one of the other things through our links on the website at oncepodcast.com. Please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast, and I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. It's my new account now. I'm Hunter Hathaway. You can follow me on Twitter at Traveling Pixie. I'm Jacqueline. You can follow me on Twitter at Punk underscore Bunny underscore 87. And you can get me on Twitter at Mama O, all one word. And thank you, Heather Ordover, very much from craftlit.com for joining us for this podcast. And thank you. Again, go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 256 to share this episode out comment on some of the things that we've added add your own voice to this and send us your feedback after you watch the upcoming episodes of once upon a time we've got a great season coming up i'm sure and more podcast episodes to do so we hope you join us for the ride and until next time have a happy ever after and thanks for listening
Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you would like to be a hero too and vote yes for the podcast, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. Hi, Oncers. I'm Hunter Hathaway. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back with our official spoiler section for Once Podcast. Woohoo! Yay! Okay. For season six, when Regina split herself in an attempt to eliminate her evil half, she unwittingly released the evil queen. Now the evil queen is back and ready to leave a trail of destruction in her wake. Meanwhile, Regina is quickly learning that destroying her darker side won't be that easy especially when dealing with the consequences of having unleashed the queen on Storybrooke. Emma learns that a life-altering secret could have serious consequences for her family and loved ones. While the heroes grapple with what Emma is confronting, Henry welcomes the new arrivals from the land of untold stories by pledging to help them complete their tales. But when Snow White, Prince Charming, Regina, Captain Hook, and Zelina become entwined in these untold stories, they find themselves haunted by their own unfinished past. Meanwhile, after handing Storybrooke over to Mr. Hyde, Mr. Gold continues his quest to wake Belle from her self-induced... Well, it's not her self-induced sleeping course in hopes of reuniting with both her and their unborn child. So we got a lot coming up this season. Yeah, and that's sort of more for season six in general. But we also got a synopsis for the actual season premiere, which is a little different. Do you want to read that one? Sure. So in the season premiere episode, The Savior, as our heroes set out to stop Hyde, Emma develops a mysterious side effect and Storybrooke becomes a haven for refugees from the land of untold stories. Meanwhile, Regina and Zelina embrace their newfound sisterhood by becoming roommates while Rumpel tries to free Belle from the sleeping curse with the help of a stranger. In flashbacks, Jafar confronts an afflicted Aladdin in Agrabah and a secret about The Savior is revealed. Episode 601 is written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horror and is directed by Eagle Eglison. What a name. Okay. I know. <laughs> and there are some awesome guest stars in this episode. Yes. We have Raphael Sabarge back as Archie. Yay. Or Dr. Harper or Jimmy Cricket, whatever you want to call him. Beverly Elliott is back as Granny. Oded Fair is as Jafar. Who is not Naveed Andrews. No. Dennis Dennis as Aladdin. Taran Karam as Amir. Peter Mackin as Chief, Ferris Taib as Jordan, Ashley Olson. Ashley Olson? <laughs> really? I did not see. Sorry, guys. I am just reading that. I, I don't think that she is of the full house fame. But <laughs> Ashley Olson as Young Nurse or the Oracle. And Guile. Giles Matney as Morpheus, Thomas Gassar as Musketeer Number One, Ingrid Torrance as Nurse Ratchet, Hank Harris as Doctor Jekyll, and Sam Witwer as Mister Hyde. Yes, fun. So it's kind of a full house. It's a very full house, and I know we're going to be saying a lot of these names probably quite a few times over this season. Real quick, because of course we talked about this in our 
Comic-Con podcast that we did right after Comic-Con ended, where we announced that Oded Fair would be joining the cast as Jafar. Someone recently asked us on Twitter if they are retconning Wonderland with this casting. Just as an answer to that person who asked us, no, they are not. Adam and Eddie have both stated that this Jafar is the same Jafar that we saw in Wonderland. He's just being played by a different guy. But he's the same character with the same history. Very fun. So that way we don't have to learn too much new stuff for those of us that watch Wonderland. Yes. Okay, so not only did we get one promo, we kind of got three of them. We did. They've been airing different ones um, for about the past two weeks or so. So they're actually all kind of interesting, too. I thought the promos this year were, were good. Yeah, and the one thing I did notice, though, is they're pretty much all the same shots, just with different narration. So we have three that we're going to talk about, and they're kind of getting different titles. So if you want to go see them, you can look them up on YouTube, probably by these titles. Yeah. So the first one is called Untold Stories, and we see Aladdin and Jasmine in what I assume is the Cave of Wonders. It looks like it. It's it got does. a lot of shiny stuff in it. It does. And they're actually kind of recreating kind of a famous moment from the Disney Aladdin. There's a scene where Jasmine runs to Aladdin. He kind of picks her up and twirls her around. They actually kind of recreate that in the promo. It's yeah. cute. And then the voiceover narration says, you know, prepare to meet everyone. And it says Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the Count of Monte Cristo, who is coming. And we spoiled that back. I think at Comic-Con is when we finally spoiled that one. I think so, yeah. And then it flashes to Mr. Hyde. And I wasn't sure if he was in jail or if he's in that padded room where they keep Z- they kept Zelina and Belle, um, like the asylum underneath the hospital with Nurse Ratchet. Right. I do know he is cuffed. Yes. because he. I don't know exactly where. Right. So Emma says, asks him, tell me what's coming and how do I stop it? And... Um, you you sort of see, I think Hyde kind of lunges, but he's obviously cuffed because he can't get very far. Right. So you do see a lot. It's actually quite a bit of new stuff that we haven't seen in any promo up until this point. Like the um, with Count of Monte Cristo, it looks like there's a, sh- a land wrecked ship or a- the ship's on land. Right. But yeah, it looks like the ship is just like laying in the ground and that's where someone lives or something like that. But you get a lot to – you see a lot, a lot in 30 seconds. Yes. Like there was even a one with um, Belle and Rumple dancing. Yeah. Like yeah. from the movie, like the big yellow dress. Yeah. which. But is. I don't know if that's a flashback because we already saw that or if that's a dream or we don't know. Who knows? We'll find out soon. <laughs> Yay. So the next one is Your Wish is Our Command. And it was very short. This one was only a 15-second long one, and you see a lot of different things from the first one, and we saw a lot of steampunk. Yeah, there definitely seems to be a kind of a steampunk aesthetic going on this season, and we saw quite a bit of that in the end of season five with the Land of Untold Stories. A lot of the gears and, you know, the cogs, kind of this machine-heavy world, so... There's that that big flying balloon. Blimp. Blimp. That's what it is. It looks like a blimp. But it's got the the gears and things all moving, so. Mm -hmm. And then the last one we've called War. And the overvoice narration says, what if your favorite storybook characters go to war and the most wicked villain returns? And, of course, they're talking about the evil queen in that one because you do see her walking around. Yeah, I think you see her in all three of them. Yes. 
But that one, there were things that we've seen before. Nothing new. It's just kind of this different narration to set up the fact that I guess we're going to war. I guess so. Well, we're going against the evil. Yes. Because the wicked, most wicked returned. Dun, dun, dun. We got promo picks. We did. Okay, I'm going to be kind of honest. I was disappointed in these promotional pictures. Yeah, there's not much. It there's really not. It's just one scene and it's just different shots of different characters in the same scene. I'm really not liking that they do that now. Have you noticed they've been doing that more and more like they have. get one scene. Mhm. But this scene is in the woods and we had spoiled previously this idea of the blimp crashing and that's what the promo pictures look like. It looks like something has crashed and they've all had to go to the woods. Okay. And the normal cast is there. You know, you've got Emma, Hook, your regulars. But then Archie is there with Pongo. And he's got coffee for some reason. (laughs) Because that's what a psychiatrist does. He just wanders through the woods with coffee, hoping to find somebody to talk to. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Well, he is a cricket, and they jump through the woods. Oh, there you go. But (laughs) I I think he's searching for Emma. Um, I think everybody's guess that Emma was the one who would end up in therapy having to talk to Dr. Archie is definitely true. And I suspect Archie has gone looking for Emma um, because Emma's got this big secret that she's hiding and we don't know what it is. But maybe Archie knows and maybe he's trying to help her work through it. So our ever favorite script teases. Yay. We have so many of these things for you guys today. It's awesome. It, that's exactly what it is. It's awesome. Oh, wait. you Yeah, you did add a few more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam just keeps tweeting them out, like, every day at this point. So, for the first one, who do you want to play? I'll be Regina. Okay, I'll be Emma. My evil half is gone, Emma. I don't know how strong I am. It wasn't evil that made you strong. Let's do this. <laughs> we could clearly be um, actors on this show. Hunter. Yes, we, we could. Really should be. They should call us up and do, like, if this is the final season, they should say, hey, we're going to fly you all out here to do one scene. That'd be so fun. So, the second script tease. I will be Snow. And I'm going to be Hook. Okay. Hey, Emma, are you okay? Love, what happened? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have a British accent. Or I you don't want to fake a British accent? No. <laughs> all right, for the third one, who would you like to be? I was just Hook, so I'll be Emma this time. All right, I will be Hook. Oh, wait, what about Henry? He's with Regina. (laughs) These are so just scintillating and just, you know, I love that they give out just these very meaty script teases. (laughs) All right, for number four, um, I'll be Rumple. Okay, so I'll be Belle. It's all right. See, not even chipped. Thank you. Now, if they're talking about the cup, I'm going to be so upset if the cup is not chipped. Right. Like, it, it can come back. It can be, you know, whole or whatever, but it needs to still be chipped. We will be talking about that again. Yes. Okay. Right. And the last one. Who do you want to be? Uh, I guess I will be Hyde. Then I will be Emma. So, you've taken me up on my offer, smart girl. Keep calling me girl. See how that works for you. Emma's getting a little sassy yeah she doesn't want to be called a girl anymore yeah but it is nice to know that Belle has a speaking line in the premiere I was kind of wondering if she would just be woken up and we wouldn't actually get to hear anything from her but she does speak yes 
All right. So the press got to screen the episode yesterday on Tuesday. And normally by this point, Hunter and I would have actually been able to watch it. But ABC has been holding it back. They haven't actually released it on their website for the press to watch it, people who couldn't go to the screening. So we actually haven't watched it yet. But from what I've seen so far, everyone says it's a really great episode. Somebody made mention that Captain Swan is kind of front and center and there's some good bits between them and that there's a lot of cool action and that they think this sets up a really great season. Yay! Baby's happy too if you can't hear him pounding on the desk. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Happy baby's with me. And then Adam Horowitz did have to say about the episode, um, Snow's history with Regina comes back to haunt her and Charming as a plan set in motion years ago by the evil queen comes to dangerous fruition in present day Storybrooke. I have no idea what that means. I think, like, remember how we keep flashing back to um, when Snow and Charming's wedding and all the stuff that happens back then? Mm-hmm. I think the evil queen set a plan in motion that Regina never kept continued, but now that the Evil Queen's separate, it can continue. Oh, okay. That's so it's just a it's just a plan that we haven't heard of before. Exactly, because you know they can always just keep adding things like that. Yeah, that's why you flash back so you can add things that you didn't think about. So okay. it was asked to Adam and Eddie, "What is an untold story?" Because they weren't included in Henry's first story or his first volume of the storybook. And Eddie Kitsis has said, it's a story that has yet to play out. You're going to see a lot of people went into the land of untold stories because they wanted to literally push pause like they were watching their own, like TiVo. So we'll be seeing the characters wanting to help and see Emma back in the position where she's the savior, trying to help people find their happiness, while she also possesses the realization that there has been other saviors, Ackerbog, 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 Street Rat, Aladdin included before her. So we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of new people this season, and I'm very excited for that. Yeah, and they keep saying that last year we dove into a lot of Dark One mythology and we found out about the origins of the Dark One and how that works. And this season, they're kind of doing the same thing with the Savior. So it's going to be very Savior-heavy, learning about Emma and her powers, but then also these Saviors that apparently either come before her or are Saviors concurrent with her. I'm not sure because... We do have Aladdin in present day, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So I don't know if Savior applies to multiple people at once or if it's something that gets passed. We'll have to see. Yes, we will. But we have so many episode titles to share with you. We do. And we did want to go back and just kind of remind you guys about some of the episode titles that we've talked about before, because at Comic-Con, we had about three at that point. Yeah, well, we have eight now. Yeah, we have eight now. We've got a lot. <laughs> okay, so we have 602, A Bitter Drought, written by Andrew Chambliss and Dana Horgan. 603 is The Other Shoe, written by Jane Espenson and Jerome Schwartz. 604, Strange Case, written by David H. Goodman and Nelson Soler. And Nelson Soler is a new writer. This is his first script with our gang and this is probably a Jekyll and Hyde centric episode um, the title coming from the famous book Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde it is also the last time Sam Witwer and Hank Harris were seen on set shooting anything so uh, I'm thinking they probably actually might leave this episode 
That's kind of nice, like, because they're not going to keep them... Well, not that they're not going to keep them around. That is not nice, but, like, they're going to be moving on from the story. We won't have the same storyline for 11 episodes. Yeah, that's going to be... It's going to take some getting used to, because we've had so many years now of having two split seasons, and you know exactly when the villain's going to go out and die, because, you know, the end of the arc is coming up. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So 605 is Street Rats, written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, and it's directed by Norman Buckley, who has been snapping a lot of pictures and posting them on his Instagram when he was directing this episode. Um, He seemed to have really enjoyed it. And this episode was actually originally titled Diamond in the Rough, and then they changed it to Street Rats. But it's still obviously an Aladdin and Jasmine-centric episode. Both of those titles are from Aladdin. Kind of like the Diamond in the Rough title better, though. Yeah, I don't know why it got switched, um, because Norman Buckley, the director, had tweeted out a picture of his script, and it was called Diamond in the Rough. And then when Adam announced it on Twitter, it suddenly changed to Street Rats. (laughs) So I don't know why it changed. I don't know. 606, Dark Waters, written by Andrew Chambliss and Bridget Hales. And this is a Hook-centric episode. We'll be getting more on Hook and some sort of secret from his past. I kind of want to think that the Count of Monte Cristo is going to be in this one, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We definitely I, know I want one to person because, is, but go ahead. Right. But I, I, I hope that they're going to duel or something. I don't know. Episode 607 is Heartless, and it's written by Jane Espenson. Um, this is the one that they are filming right now slash wrapping up filming. It is a Regina and snowing centric, we think, based on set photos. Um, a lot of them show snow and charming on Charming's farm. Um, this is also possibly the last episode of The Evil Queen. The writer, Jane, who normally handles Regina episodes, plus the title, Heartless, um, um, Regina, you know, did crush the Evil Queen's heart in the end of season five. So some people are speculating that this might be the end of that split personality arc and that the Evil Queen and Regina will join back together in this episode. Okay, then finally we have 608, I'll Be Your Mirror, written by Jerome Schwartz and Leah Fong. Yeah, and Leah is another one of the new writers on the show, and she did a little bit of a boo-boo. She did Instagram a photo of the outline one page of the outline, at least for this episode. And a big, big secret was revealed. It was revealed that Belle is having a boy. Yay, boys are fun. Um, So the scene that she accidentally sort of, maybe not accidentally, who knows, Instagrammed and then took down a little bit later once I think she realized what had happened was a scene of Belle in Grannies with Selena. And the direction of the scene says that all Belle wants to do is get her and her unborn son out of town. So unless Adam and Eddie change it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So unless Adam and Eddie change it, Belle, it appears, is having a son. And there's also speculation that this might be the winter finale. Um, Schedule-wise, this would be the episode right before the AMAs, which we always take off. And since we're no longer doing two separate seasons, uh, we don't necessarily have to have episodes after the AMAs like we have for the past couple years. Okay. Have you noticed that they do, they gave birth to a girl, which was uh, Cinderella's baby, and then it was a boy that was Prince Neil, and then it was a girl, baby P, and now it's a boy again? 
I did. I did notice that. And of course, we all need to speculate about who's going to die so that baby Belle's son can have a a name. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's her father. Maurice dies and then we get a baby Mo. Yes. (laughs) Baby Mo. Baby Mo. Gotta go to Mo's. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Belle... Yes. Obviously, in the season premiere, it has been spoiled a couple times now that she is coming out of the box and she will awaken in this episode. And she will be back in Storybrooke with Rumpel uh, by around episode six or five-ish. And then we will be learning more about Belle and her family in the process. Yes, because we have seen, um, well, the behind the scene photos, we're going to get to those later, but... Well, they don't really show much of what's going on. There were were a lot of Rumple and Belle. Yeah. And going along with this, possibly, we have the character of Morpheus. Morpheus is more invested in Belle and Rumple than we might imagine. And I actually have a really crazy crackpot theory. Yeah, I see this and I really like it. So I... I'm going to put all my cookies out there for this theory that Morpheus is Rumpel and Belle's son from the future, and he's trying to ensure his own birth and his parents happily ever after. And that's why he is appearing to Rumpel and Belle. Yes, that's kind of fun. I like that. So speaking of characters, we got a little article about Robin Hood. Okay. I didn't see this one. That was... So, so you can go ahead with this. The The title of this article was something like, Will Robin Hood Return? Creators Drop Surprising Answer. And their answer is, according to Eddie Kitsis, dead is dead. We already know that. We've talked about that. I Yeah. I, I mean... He's not look, mostly dead. He's dead. We've been watching the show for five years now. We know that dead is dead so long as they want dead to be dead. But they're very emphatic this time around that robin is dead um and they also said they're hoping to show regina actually going through the grief she's not going to fall in love with somebody else right away because they don't think that's realistic so i'm i'm sorry hoodies if you're still really upset i get it but he's he's gone i'm sorry The next article that did come across is that Emma is going to be keeping a secret from Hook. According to TV Guide, Emma will start keeping a very, very big secret from Hook in the premiere. And Eddie Kitsis said that it is definitely going to put some stress and strain on their relationship, not to mention Emma herself. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yes. Now, I bet that Emma is going to start exhibiting some of those savior-afflicted symptoms that we saw with Aladdin Um, The shaking, maybe the inability to do magic, or maybe her magic is just off. And she keeps it from Hook so he won't have to deal with the idea of losing her or his happily ever after. Because in that sneak peek we saw from Comic-Con, Jafar does tell Aladdin that saviors don't get happily ever afters. Yes, they do. So that's what I think Emma's keeping from Hook. Is that she's, she's come into the knowledge that she can't ever have a happily ever after, but she doesn't want him to know. Next, Adam and Eddie did tease that we will be seeing more of Snow and Charming in the upcoming season, especially with about Charming's past, because something from his past becomes very important to his future, and we're going to see him and Snow embarking on some adventure related to the past and what 
that's going to create for them moving forward, which is some unexpected obstacle to that happy ending they're trying to live. A lot of people are now speculating that Charming's father is really alive. Some are predicting that his father might be the Count of Monte Cristo, who we'll see in episode two. And some are actually predicting that his father might be one of the three musketeers because we did see them at the end of season five. And one of them, at least, is appearing in the premiere. Oh, fun. So that would mean that his father isn't really dead. But we will be. I, I, the surprising. It's not surprising that we're going to see a lot more of them because Snow is not pregnant this season, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a hindrance anymore. <laughs> and then finally, TV Line every year makes a lot of predictions about all the shows that they keep track of, and their prediction for Once Upon a Time. And I'm going to stress here: it is just a prediction. It is not a bona fide spoiler. They're not actually telling us that this is going to happen. But their prediction is that someone from the main nine cast members, who are Emma Snow, Charming Regina, Rumple, Hook, Belle, Zelina, and Henry, that one of them will depart by February sweeps. That they will exit the show for good. Okay. Now, it's just Who a prediction. Who do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be Rumple. I've okay. kind of been thinking that Bobby Carlyle might be ready to move on for a while now. Um, I think he is just, you know, ready to go do other work. So I can see them having Rumple be a hero and sacrifice himself again, almost like he did at the end of season three. But this time he stays dead permanently. And Belle all of a sudden gets a new name for her son. <laughs> and... <laughs> I also think this is maybe how the writers will reveal Rumpel's Storybrook name by having Belle name their son after his Storybrook name. Okay. So that's that's my prediction, but that is months and months and months away if it should happen at all. Just going by nothing at all except in my head, I say Henry because then they can stop having to do time jumps and figuring out how a 13-year-old looks like he's 18. He does. He looks so old right now. So that's just me. Is the best thing is to write him off. Tell him he's going to go learn to write to be an author somewhere. He's going to go to boarding like, school. Like, not get rid of him. Get rid of him. Like, kill him. But just write him off the show so you don't have to explain the age difference. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Okay. So we did get a hot seat. Not a lot. Their famous yes, no's, can't say. Right. So will there be a time jump this season? Not, Not in, in the, the beginning. beginning. Well, we need a time jump because Henry's getting too old. Right. <laughs> but we do know that the season premiere picks up seconds after the season five ended. So no time jump this time. But not in the beginning. Maybe yeah. like, maybe, maybe an hour not. into the, uh, maybe like a half hour <laughs> into the episode, they're going to jump uh, a year. Okay. Will we see domestic Emma and Hook in their home together? Eddie says, uh-huh. And Adam says, Maybe. So I'm going to guess it's the uh-huh. Yeah. Will we see the chipped cup again? Yes. So see, the cup better be chipped. Yeah, it still better be chipped. It still has to be chipped. <laughs> this is important. Because it's not chip without being chipped. Right. Can you really separate and destroy half of yourself? Uh, Adam says that's a great question. And then Eddie picks up and says that is the question that needs to be answered. I would say that is the first run of episodes. So, <laughs> so um, like I predicted a little earlier, I think that storyline will probably draw to a close around episode seven with Regina and the evil queen reuniting into one person. That's my prediction. And then finally, because of the land of untold stories, will we see some of the Once Upon a Time in Wonderland characters this season? 
Perhaps. And we already know that to be true. Yes, there is one person coming back. Um, Johnny. Well, technically, technically, Jafar is coming back. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. the one I was I was referring to, not the other one. Yeah, so we, of course, Jafar is coming back. Um, just not the same person playing him. Just not, not the same person. But Johnny that, Coyne will be yes. appearing in... 604. Is it 604 or 603? Because 603 is the Cinderella episode. But he's not playing anyone from Cinderella. No, but he is playing the doctor who... He is playing the person from... I don't know. Hold on. I don't know. I I read that he's coming in in 6.04. So that's awesome because that leads us straight into casting news. We've got... We have some. We don't have too many. We do. We have some, but not a whole lot. A lot of returning people. So I'm excited. So first off, we have Farhan Tahir. Mm -hmm. And that's Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, You will know him. He has been on Dallas and Warehouse 13. Yeah, and they said that we're excited to see his mythology merge with Storybrooke's own Captain Hook, if not other reasons than to see the Jolly Roger go up against the submarine. So he will be in Episode 6, Dark Waters. Very cool. We just sat, talked about uh, Johnny Coyne. Right, he will be appearing in Episode 604, and he played Dr. Lightgate from Once Wonderland for two episodes, and he is returning as that character. Yes. So the next couple ones we do have returning is David Anders, Andrews, sorry, and he's back as Dr. Whale, and he'll be in 603 or 604 with his platinum hair. Yes, because David still is on iZombie, and they film pretty much next door to Once Upon a Time, so he still has to have his Blaine platinum blonde hair. Um, but it's exciting, and I, I agree with Adam and Eddie here, where they said, if you're going to have Jekyll and Hyde, there has to be a mad scientist convention, and they should just put all the mad scientists together, because of course he plays Frankenstein. So they have to have that. That's just great. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And then finally, we have Tim Phillips returning. Now, you're probably all saying, who in the world is Tim Phillips? Well, we haven't seen him since episode 112. So, season one, he played Prince Thomas, Sean Herman, um, Cinderella's Prince Charming. Yes, and I'm I'm excited for this one because I'm hoping that we will finally, finally figure out what happened to Prince Thomas back in the Enchanted Forest. If you guys go back and rewatch episode 104, The Price of Gold... There's um, a contract between Rumple and Cinderella, and they break the contract, and then Prince Thomas kind of – he vanishes, and nobody knows whatever happened to him. He wound up in Storybrooke anyway, but we've never known how he vanished or where he went. But he's returning, so I'm hoping we're finally going to get that answer. Maybe he turned into a mouse. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Gus Gus. I know it's not Gus Gus, but one of the other he, he could be. He could be Jacques. Yes. So we do have quite a few behind the scenes photos. A lot of the photos this year are just of the cast kind of rehearsing or they're in cars or they're just kind of standing around. There's nothing a whole lot in the way of like meaty plot development, but we do have some stuff. Yes. So like first up was Goldilocks and the three bears. (laughs) And I did not get this. Like where in the world does she come from? Because I thought her story was over. So it's not an untold story. But there's a woman wearing, like, a traditional German dress. It's a blue skirt, white smock, black corset, and a white blouse. 
And they were saying online that it's Goldilocks. Yeah, that she's Goldilocks and she's going around with somebody. There were uh, rumors of her being on set with three guys called the Three Bears. And I don't know how this fits in. I suspect that they might just be in a scene. I don't think there's an actual story there apart from the fact that they're just untold stories maybe. And we just kind of see them wandering around Storybrooke. But it's definitely there. Yeah. Okay, so then we have Jasmine in Storybrooke without Aladdin. Yeah, and she's wearing something that I'm calling a teacher outfit. She looks like a teacher. Um, She's not wearing her traditional blue Arabian clothing. Um, So I don't know if she's from the land of untold stories or if she's been in Storybrooke this entire time. I don't know. But then we do see that Aladdin and Jasmine are together in Storybrooke because they're hanging out with Emma. Of course, because everyone hangs out with Emma. Emma, Everyone hangs out with Emma. And Emma is wearing the most un-Emma outfit possibly ever. (laughs) Yes. It is a red, flowery, flowing dress. Yeah. I saw her in pictures of this, and I actually said, oh, well, this just must be what Jennifer Morrison is wearing to rehearse. And then people were like, no, this is the scene. (laughs) It's not very Emma Swan. I don't know what is going on there. And then, like, the next picture, they show her in this, like, really cute black short dress. And I'm like, that's the Emma I know. Yeah. Not quite sure what's up with the red flowery dress. I know. Baby Elle doesn't like it either. (laughs) And then we do see Belle and Rumpel back in Storybrooke by about episode six or so. Um, They are filming down at the docks. It's uh, the Hook episode, so that makes sense that they would be down by the docks. Yes. Snowing, episode seven. It's going to be shot on Charming's farm, but with Snow wearing her princess outfit. And uh, it looks like Charming's wearing his farmer's gear, but without the horrible wig. Thank God. Yeah, no, none of that wig. They didn't make Josh Dallas put on that horrible wig. But I don't understand when this takes place. I can tell you exactly when it takes place. It takes place after they've met and he's been the prince, but his mommy probably needed some help on the farm. So he just drags his his princess bride to the farm? I don't know. I really don't. I'm just guessing. Your your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) Sure. Because she looks like she's in her all white. It almost, almost looks like her all white outfit that she ran away in back in episode seven, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, when that was finally revealed, that kind of very pristine, very princessy white outfit. And some people are going, oh gosh, did Snow and Charming meet before they actually met in Snow Falls and just didn't know? No, that just, no, no, <laughs> no. Nope. Hunter's like, nope, done. <laughs> no, that won't work for me. Yeah, it wouldn't work for me either. So I guess we'll just have to, we'll have to wait and see. And then there were just some other shots of the cast during rehearsals, you know, a lot of just them standing around, nothing... Waving to the cameras and right. the people in the crowd. We did see Zelina with baby pistachio, and there is Pongo. There's Pongo. Yay, Pongo! I'm glad that Pongo's back. So I think that's it. We have a lot. We do, but we're going to start doing this every single week again, so it won't be as much from here on out. So, yeah, but um, that's all we have for you this week. I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at Traveling Pixie. And I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me on Twitter at Punk underscore Bunny underscore 87. Until next time, Oncers.